0: hello everybody happy holidays merry christmas my party people my listeners welcome back to another episode of she said what by your host franny wilson it's been a minute it has been a minute and i apologize um originally i was going to upload every week and so far i haven't kept true to that promise um but i think the holidays it wasn't stressful I wasn't stressed out, but I felt like, you know, throwing a podcast at people during the holidays could seem kind of stressful and time constraint. so here we are, December 28th, let's do this thing. So there's a lot of places I can start. I mean, I can start with any topic right now, but I think let's kind of go through the holiday and our past week and kind of debrief it. I had a lovely Christmas. I mean, I really had a relaxing, non-stressful Christmas. Um, Now, leading up to the 25th, kind of like Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Eve, I didn't really feel like it was Christmas, and I think I figured out why. Now, the reason I feel this way, um, it's kind of jumping into my New Year's resolution a little bit, um, which is a complete change of topics, but I think the main reason why I didn't feel like it was Christmas is because I didn't really partake in tradition this year. I love tradition. I mean, I am such a big decorator. I remember when I was a little girl um, and I would set up the Lego nativity scene um, with all of like the little Lego figures and the little camels. I would help decorate the Christmas tree, set up the greenery around the house, make sure like um, my mom every year for Christmas, her mother would give her a jingle bell. And so I remember I would set up all the jingle bells around the house and I just loved decorating and I loved making cookies and I loved watching Christmas movies. But this year I didn't. And I was kind of disappointed in myself, but I kind of found myself in this routine around the year um, of, okay, let's exercise. Let's do something. Let's, you know, go out to lunch with friends. Let's do this and this and this. And all of that routine and all of that hustle and bustle took me away from decorating and tradition. I'm a really big fan of to-do lists. Um, If you know me, I probably have three things every day that I have to get done. Go to the old town gym, go on a run with my dog or without my dog, and do some homework. And as much as this cycle benefits me and as much as it keeps me kind of intact with my routine it really kind of took me away from decorating and the things that I loved to do as a kid. So kind of spurring off into my New Year's resolution, I want to keep these routines and I want to keep them intact, but I kind of want to change them and I want to add things that are rambunctious and, you know, random and kind of incorporate so many different things into these routines that make them plentiful. Now, for example... Maybe instead of going on a run one day and doing the same route that I usually take, maybe going on a hike or maybe going in swimming laps. I think I'm going to make an entire episode dedicated to New Year's resolution, Um, but I think this year I really just want to explore. I want to explore, I want to have fun, and I want to kind of find what really interests me. And doing the same things over and over again don't interest me. And so I'm a little frustrated with myself, honestly, that I kind of took time away from doing the things that I love to do the things that I had to get done or what I thought I had to get done. And even though it was sunny degrees on Christmas day, I really had a great time. Now, right now, I'm sitting in my father's basement in Kansas City, um, Missouri, the Missouri side. If you don't know, Kansas City is basically split down the middle by a river. And on one side, it's Kansas, and on the other side, it's Missouri. Um, we live on the Missouri side and it's, it's really cold here. I mean, I was surprised and the wind blows and the wind howls and you know, it feels a little more like winter over here. I really do hope that it snows in Winston. I mean, that would just make my life so complete. I'm a really, really big winter sports fan. Um, One of my favorite sports is skiing. Now, I know I probably ski maybe one week out of the year, but I thrive <laughs> at ski season. I mean, that is the week that I do the best. I literally, I don't know what it is. Skiing is awesome. Snow is awesome. Winter is awesome. And I know a lot of people kind of joke with like the winter depression or bring me back to summer, but I actually really enjoy winter. I think it's kind of easier to do life in the winter. Um, I feel like you're not as hot. It's cold outside. The snow's great. I love winter. Um, and it definitely feels like winter here. Now it's raining outside, which kind of makes me sad, but um hopefully Fingers crossed, Winton is going to get some snow. So a little random thought, um, which is very on topic for me. I'm a very random person. That's a great word to describe what I do and who I am. Um, but I'm so excited for New Year's. Now I know like a lot of people might say, well, you know, it's literally January. We live every day, like every day. All of the days kind of mesh together. I mean, why is New Year's so important? I, I'm just really excited for a reset. I am excited for a reset. I'm excited that 2021 is over. Now, I had a great year. I won't say that I didn't have a great year, but I'm excited for the new one. Now, 2021 felt super long and super short. But I spent six months on a couch, um, and so I am so excited to just dive right into 2022, do the things that I want to do, do the things that I love to do, and kind of reinvent myself. I'm finally to that age where self-discovery is kind of like the main topic, and I'm so excited. Um, I have to apply to college this year, which freaking scares me um I'm so nervous but I'm so excited college tours are so much fun and I feel like I'm old enough um now where I can kind of understand the world and understand how it works and kind of find the lane that I want to go in um I think kind of going through life I definitely want to get like an internship or a job that deals with like um advocating and activism um But I think kind of like figuring out the lane and kind of like the general path that I want to go in is my ultimate goal for this year. And I know I'm super young and I have so much life left um, and I want to do so many different things in my life. I mean, I can tell you five jobs right now that I want to do, um, but this year I kind of want to do some self-discovery and kind of figure out what interests me most. So, now that we've kind of unpacked my ideas um, about the holiday, let's get into today's topic. Now, it feels like a million years ago um, when I said I was going to be doing a two part series, but this is the second part of the two part series. Um, we're still talking about music, so if that is not interesting, feel free to log off. If that piques your interest, welcome. Um, today we're going to dissect some controversial questions within music. So last episode, I talked about my favorite bands and my taste and my take on the music industry and music in general, but now we're going to kind of critique the music industry and kind of give the flip side of everything. Now, the big overarching question that I want to kind of dive into is why do some artists change? and go through musical phases, and why do some stay the exact same? If you need a rough example, um, an artist to me that changes a lot and goes through musical changes is Taylor Swift, and an artist that kind of stays the same and has the same kind of tune and tone is Adele. Now I know I might get hate for the Adele because so many people love her. Um, my sister, especially, I can't go anywhere um, without my sister playing Adele. Every time I walk into her room, it's her new album. Now I love Adele. I think she's great. I just don't think she changes that much. And I think I was. Let's 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 do a little debrief. I was honestly shocked um, when I found out that Adele had taken so much time to come out with a new album. And all the songs sounded like her 2007 and 2008 hits. I mean, they're good, don't get me wrong, but I was a little, a little surprised. I did a little bit of research on the topic and I kind of, you know, bulleted a list of why some artists change and some stay the same. Now, kind of the two biggest reasons why artists change, let's take, you know, Taylor Swift. Let's keep with that example. Why do they change? Well, number one, they grow as humans. Um, And they grow into the time period that they're in. Um, And the second is they primarily make the music for themselves and not the fans. Now, that kind of sounds bad. Like, why wouldn't Taylor Swift want to make songs for me? Why wouldn't she want me to love her music? That's not the point. These artists make music for themselves and kind of like what they're experiencing. So let's go back to really, really old country Taylor. Now, we all know that Taylor Swift was kind of I don't want to say let's just say she was taken advantage of um within the music industry and her producer completely took all of the labels from her and she kind of went through these musical phases like red i would categorize as pop um you know aside from her old country music and then reputation was this complete change in personality i mean she went from this fun lighthearted bop music to kind of you know intense (laughs) I don't I don't know how to describe kind of like intense you know revenge revenge no no kind of like fighting back fighting back at the haters I have no idea but you can you can definitely tell that she changed not for the producer but for herself And interestingly enough, let's take another example of an artist who changed, um, Katy Perry. Now, Katy Perry said in an interview um, that she used to be primarily Christian family pop and she produced music that her family would approve, Um, but now she switched her music to adding lyrics that supported the Hillary Clinton campaign when she was running in elections which is super interesting to me because I never knew. So she kind of took like, you know, uh, last Friday night to changing her lyrics that supported what she believed in. Artists also primarily changed because of a change in maturity and kind of wanting to play around with different styles of music. Now, there was an article made by Billie Eilish and it kind of detailed her and her fame and her different, you know, instruments, and introducing different styles of music. And the person who wrote this, I forget their name, but they said that if you have a larger fan base, it's easier and safer to produce different types of music than if you were a smaller creator. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, let's take Billie Eilish, for example. She has a huge fan base, and people are going to listen to her music no matter what, because they already like Billie as a person. I mean, Billie has a huge amount of supporters that will support anything that she does not primarily based on the type of content she creates and swinging back to the taylor swift example i mean we all love taylor now she goes through different phases and you know she goes through different eras in her music career but we already know that we love her and we have a prejudgmental bias about our love for her and so we're going to listen to anything she makes so let's flip the switch to why artists say the same i feel like i'm saying so many s's and i I put my phone on the carpet and i feel like the carpet is absorbing a lot of sound um so i'm really trying to you know pronunciate these words i'm sorry if it's kind of you know mushing all together we're really we're really trying to make this work another little side note i always apologize in my podcasts for the audio Like, I know nobody cares about the audio. Like, I know nobody really cares about the quality. For some reason, it just bothers me so much. Um, But you know what, let's keep rolling. So why do artists stay the same? Now, the two big reasons that artists stay the same is because they already found their sound or their voice and they don't wanna risk losing their fans. So as an example, um a band that really hasn't changed their sound in over 25 years is the Foo Fighters. And they kind of have this rock radio friendly um type of music and it was actually recorded that Foo Fighters haven't lost or gained fans. So they're very stagnant. It's a very stagnant band. And if we flash back to the Adele example, I mean Adele has had such a big following. I'd like to say over the past 12 to 15 years, but she doesn't want to lose the fans that she's gained. So in her mind, I think it was safer and played it safe by creating the same type of sounds that she did when she was really gaining popularity. So conveniently, as the heater decided to turn on and make such a loud ruckus, let's dive into the next question. Are influencers within the music industry toxic? Now, I have my very strong opinions about this. Um, I could go on for days. I'm not. Personally, now it's all up to personal interpretation, but for me, I think that influencers within the music industry are quite toxic. And I'm talking about your Jake Paul, your Nessa Barrett, Addison Rae, even Logan Paul. I i i know these are all super old um but those type of tiktok influencers or who started out super popular and then decided to make a song those are the people that i'm talking about now i think they're toxic for a couple reasons um number one and probably the biggest one is they are making songs for money and an increase in fans Not because they want it to sound good, not because it's a revelation and they want to try something new, but because they want to expand their platform. It's not necessarily what they're passionate about, and they usually, you know, generally speaking, have no previous talent or knowledge in music. And all of this music is targeting one specific demographic, their own fans. Now, if you told me that Lil Huddy came out with a song, I wouldn't have known. I don't follow him. Um, I don't really have any reason to follow him and, you know, I wouldn't have known about it, but the fans that he previously had are of course going to listen to it. Um, and that way they're kind of boosting their own publicity within the same sphere of people. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, um, but a lot of these influencers um, don't know how to write music and don't really understand music theory at all, which is honestly a perfect segue into my next question, which is, what is the proper way to write music? Creating electronic music to sound good or understanding music theory? Now, (laughs) I also have my very big opinions on this, but I think... If you are going to, you know, produce music and write music, know how to write it. Know how music theory works. Know what you're getting yourself into. Um, you know, I think it's so popular now for someone to come out with a song because they make a beat and they kind of go off that beat and they kind of sing their own tune because they think it sounds good, but they don't really take the time to understand why it sounds good. I'm being a little judgmental um, because I don't know how to write music myself. Now I really want to. Um, I think I'm going to take music theory, if not in high school, in college. But I know how to read it. And I know why certain chords sound good. I know why certain notes work a certain way. And I think that's so important because it helps me musically understand. But for someone who doesn't musically understand, it traps them in a bubble. Because you might have, you know, a guitar chord that sounds great but you don't know where to go with it because you don't know how to write and you don't know how to read. But I guess it's all up to personal preference and I'm being a little bit harsh um, because I think it takes a lot to write music and understand Um, but personally I think that you know if an artist is going to come out with a song at least be somewhat passionate about it. Electronic music also allows for an artist to come out with music super super fast. Please don't give me any hate for this because I actually really love her a lot Um, and I'm not using her as an example that you think I am. Let's take Ariana Grande for example. Now, I don't know if she writes her own music. I'm sure she does. Um, I don't know if she knows how to play the guitar. I'm sure she does. But let's see her albums in order and how fast they are produced. Starting in 2013, you have Yours Truly. And then in that same year, you have a Christmas album. 2014 is when she released My Everything. And then 2015, you have Christmas and Chill. 2016, Into You, or I guess the album Dangerous Woman. 2017, 2018, 2019, all albums. Albums stocked full of songs a year back to back and some even in the same year. Now, number one, that's a lot of songs. And number two, that's a really quick pace to produce an album. I mean, sometimes it can take artists two to three years to produce one album or three songs. And so I think the presence of electronic music kind of makes it easier to produce music, number one, and produce it a lot faster. But seriously, in all honesty, no hate to Ariana. No hate to any, any artist. No hate to any artist or any fan base. They're all doing a great job. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much kind of debriefed a lot about the music industry. Um, This was a long episode, 20 minutes. I mean, that's a hefty amount of time. Thank you guys for listening so much. I honestly learned a lot um, filming this episode and researching. And I think it's honestly... A great thing to appreciate music but also kind of go in and dissect and you know find things within the music industry that you don't necessarily like I think it truly gives an open perspective and this was one of my most favorite podcasts to film Um, next episode I'm going to be featuring some very very special guests of mine um, which is so fun because I haven't featured anyone yet Um, I did that for a reason I kind of wanted to give you guys an introduction of me and what I'm passionate about and then kind of go into the interviews and all of that fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, that was the episode. Music is such an interesting thing to me and I know I've probably worn you out. I think I've said music maybe 500 times in this episode alone, but it's so interesting to me and I love it and I care for it. And honestly, I appreciate both. I appreciate an artist that changes, And one that stays the same. I think it gives a large range of what you're interested in and kind of like shaping your music taste. As always, if you want me to talk about a certain subject or if you want to reach out to me with any questions, feel free. Um, I have a google doc started with every suggestion that someone's given me and I'm so happy to add to that list. I love feedback. It's one of my favorite things so please don't feel hesitant. I hope that everyone had a merry Christmas and a happy holiday. And I will see you guys next year. <laughs> I honestly love when people say that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's so funny. Um, but I will see you guys next year. Thank you so much for sticking around. I know this one was a long one. Um, but this is your host, Frannie Wilson, signing off. And in fact, she did say that.